0: everybody. Welcome to Disney Inside Out, the podcast where we take a look at Disney from the inside out. I'm your host, Ryan. And if you've been enjoying our show, please take a second to subscribe, click follow, leave a review. Love to read them. We had a couple from uh, Molly and Risa. So thank you all for those reviews. Today's guest is going to quack us up. We've got actor. Yeah, we've got actor, voice artist and producer Daniel Ross here. And Daniel is big talent, voices of Lucky the Leprechaun for Lucky Charm Serial, mm-hmm. Star Scream Hound, Mixmaster, and Transformers the Game. But our exciting reason for having Daniel here is he's best known as the third voice of Donald Duck in Mickey and the Roadster Racers, Mickey Mouse Mixed Up Adventures. Hello, Daniel. Hello,
1: Ryan. Thank you for having me, man. What a great introduction.
0: Yeah, did you like the the duck pun? I'm probably not the first person to say that, but... Yes, it
1: absolutely quacked me up. Absolutely. Ah, I knew it was. I knew it was. <laughs> I... Oh, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to be here, man. And uh, what a great podcast you have. I'm excited to be a guest.
0: Thank you. So um, first thing I want to start, I always do this little segment called The Goofy Gazette. So I it's a little the bit of recent Disney news. The Corella live-action film is coming out this weekend. Are you a fan of Dalmatians, Cruella, excited for the film?
1: I am a fan of all things Disney. So uh, to get a, uh, a solo film for Cruella is is not something I ever expected in my lifetime, but I am I am all for it and I'm excited to see what, what it looks like.
0: Yeah. And I know it's going to be now, by the time this airs, the movie will have come out. So I should say the movie is out now. You can go see it or you can watch it on Disney+. Plus with Premier access they're doing that thing where it's going to be on disney plus and in movie theaters the same day um, which is an interesting thing have you have you dabbled in the premiere access for any of the films or have you just waited for them to to just be free on disney plus
1: yeah i've i've waited you know um uh, mm-hmm. for, for me i i would love to uh pay a little bit extra but you know, this past year, uh, money's been a little bit tight and yeah. uh, we've all, all been going through a, a shared trauma. So, yes. um, yeah, I, I haven't uh, paid anything extra for those, but I, I'm always excited when there's something new from Disney that I can go and see. And I'm really excited to go back to the theaters when it's appropriate to do so. So I think for me. If, I, if I'm going to be paying a lot of money, I want to be in a theater. That's just my preference. Yeah. But I absolutely understand what Disney's doing. And I think for those that want to you know, pay a little extra to have first access, I think that's a really cool feature.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think if you can and you want to, because I look at it this way, if you're going to go to the movie theater, it's really... Probably a cheaper option to just do premiere access than go to the movie theater because the movies can be expensive. But I agree with you. It is nice to sit in a theater and see it on the big screen. Some of the films are, are best viewed that way. That's right. You
1: get to forego the, the $20 raisinettes that you would right. buy at the movie
0: theater. Right. You can just go to your <laughs> local drugstore and get them for like two bucks or whatever. That's right. <laughs> uh, so I want to know what was your introduction to Disney? Was it as a child, as an adult? Do you remember? Um, much like, uh,
1: most children alive today, my introduction to Disney was when I was a little kid. It's amazing because not only was Disney a huge part of my childhood, but it was a big part of my parents' childhood. It was a part of my grandparents' lives, my great grandparents' lives. Disney and, and the legacy that Walt created has been around for generations. So, so for me as a little kid, Yeah, I I got plopped in front of the TV when I was younger and I watched all the the original Clarence Nash, Donald Duck cartoons and fell in love with with everything Disney and Mickey and and all of the Fab Five and all the extended characters. I loved Disney and I, you know, as a as a budget, a a beginning voice actor, I, I would listen and impersonate. Uh, do impressions of all the characters that I would see. I would even do impressions of impressions of my teachers or, you know, my parents or people that I'd see in the, in the wild of the world. And uh, yeah, so Disney always left a certain mark on me and I had the toys when I was a kid and my mom cultivated that further cause she could do the voice of Donald as well.
0: Oh, wow. So she
1: taught me how to do the voice when I was a little kid. So I think when I was like three or four, is when I actually learned how to do it from her, and she would tuck me in at night, and she would say, "Oh, dear, I love you so much," and I would say, "Oh, Mom, I love you too," and that was like oh, go. Wow. So, um, yeah, I've had Disney ever since I was a little kid, and I think I'm better for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love that. Now, do you have a favorite Disney film? Could be animated or live action. Uh, it's so hard to
1: say here is my favorite my one and only favorite because there's just so much i mean uh i i would say some of my favorites uh live action would be mary poppins uh bed knobs and broomsticks those stick out in my mind um animated i really loved i mean the classics for sure things like mickey and the beanstalk uh you know um i'm trying to think uh I Beauty and the Beast still reigns as one of my favorites of all time. I mean, from that era, Aladdin and the Little Mermaid were just incredible. Um, yeah, those are some of my favorites, I would say. Yeah. And then, you know, you delve into Pixar and that's a whole other yes. thing. Yes.
0: Yeah, I, I feel the same when I. it's almost like unfair for me to ask you, because when people ask me, I'm the same <laughs> way. I'm like, well, I can't really pick one. I'm like, do you want to know classic Disney, Renaissance Disney, Pixar Disney? Like, they're yeah, all exactly. categories all kinds of categories. Now, did you visit the theme parks growing up or do you visit them now? Which ones have you been to?
1: So I went to Walt Disney World when I was one year old. So I don't think that really counts. Right. And Disneyland, I went to when I turned, I think 13 with my family. It was the first big like family vacation we had taken. And uh, yeah, that was a really magical a wonderful experience for me that was well well before I think it was right right after Toontown had opened mm, yeah it was around that time everything there was still brand new um, but that was really special and then I moved out here to California uh, originally from the East Coast in Maryland uh, back in 2014 and one of the first things on my agenda was to go to Disneyland and check it out and you know compare from when I was a little kid when I, when I was you know a young teenager to an adult. And the magic still persists. That place is just amazing. And every time I get to go, I am just marveling at what uh, Walt created, you know, with his, his family of creators and the Imagineers and the artists. I mean, what an incredible collaborative experience that has lasted for so many generations and years and will continue to endure. I mean, the cast members, the people who work at the parks are some of my favorite people out there because they really create magic for families and for for people to carry with them for the rest of their lives, something memorable. And that is, it's intangible to me to say how, how uh, uh, incredible it is. Um, but yeah, I, I love the parks. I go whenever I have an opportunity. And yes, I'll go and I'll sometimes say hello to Donald and, uh, you know, that's always fun. But for me, it's about going in and just really soaking in the legacy of, of Walt Disney and what he created for the world uh, and all the joy that it's brought to everybody for so many years. That's what I really love about it.
0: Yeah, I love that. Now, if, if you were going to Disneyland and they said, okay, Daniel, you can ride one ride, what ride are you going to pick?
1: Oh, why does it have to be one? Oh, man. I I really love the Indiana Jones ride. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, but if we're going classic Disney, oh, man. I, I'd have to say the Haunted Mansion.
0: Yeah, it's a good one.
1: I'd have to say the Haunted Mansion. I mean, look, I, 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 I love every every ride at Disney. Uh, so, so to say this is my favorite, it hurts a little bit. But at the yeah. same time, it is my favorite.
0: I love The Haunted Mansion. Another, hopefully, live-action film we'll be getting. We, we do have one with Eddie Murphy that exists. Some people feel different ways about that one, but there is a new one supposedly coming, so I'm really excited for oh, that. I because hope so. The Haunted I know we're Mansion. Jungle Cruise. Yes, I'm super excited for Jungle Cruise, too. Another favorite ride. I love that ride. Now, do you, say, have a favorite character in the Disney universe? And I'm sure I know. I I know it's probably Donald, but would if you could pick, you know, another one? Do you have another favorite?
1: I mean, I got to give all props to Donald. He he was my first and and my only love when I was a kid growing up. Um, but I I mean, gosh, from. The the bevy of of Disney characters that are out there. I I love the Mad Hatter because I'm a fan of Edwin, and the Mad Hatter, of course, sounded like this because that's what Edwin sounded like. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Um, uh, you know, I, I I tend to like the characters that I can Im- impersonate. So like Payne from Hercules, who's Bobcat Goldwaite. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, man, that's like um, one of my favorite characters. You know what
0: I'm saying? Um, I love that.
1: Yeah, I. Oh man, I'm trying to think of the others. I mean, the Fab Five. I just I, they're part of my childhood. I love them.
0: <laughs> I know they're so great. It's okay if you if you can't name another one. It's okay. Just thought I'd ask. I mean, let's go. <laughs> villains.
1: Ursula, one of my favorite <laughs> Disney villains.
0: Totally, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think uh, if there's anybody else in there. Uh, I mean, good old Captain Hook, uh, Maleficent.
0: I could just, I could just name characters and I'd say those are my favorites. <laughs> right. Same, same, same. All right. So um, tell us a little bit about Mickey Mouse Roadsters, which then became Mickey Mouse Mixed Up Adventures, right? Is that, it was Mickey Mouse Ro- uh, Roadsters and then it changed the title, correct?
1: They, they changed that title a couple of times. So first okay. it was Mickey Mickey and the Roadster Racers.
0: Then it changed
1: to Mickey Mouse Roadster Racers. Okay. Uh, And then then they changed to Mickey Mouse Mixed Up Adventures. So I I think the idea was that they were going to do a different show. That was the next show that was going to proceed. But I think they they wanted to keep it insular and do something different. Um, So there's more stuff coming uh, after that. But, you know, I did the Disney Junior uh, dance party on tour that toured all over the world. Uh, I was in Chippendales, Nutty Tales, mixed up uh, Hot Diggity Dog Tales, uh, so many, so many other things, and some things I can't talk about just yet. Ooh! But uh, yeah, that was the beginning for me. Mickey and the Roadster Racers, almost six years ago.
0: Wow! And for those who have not seen it, it is a uh, computer animated uh, for children. On uh, it's produced by Disney Television Animation. It's on Disney Junior. Uh, Correct. Very very cute show. And like you said, it's had a couple of reiterations. I'm assuming changing the titles because it opens up for more adventures, not limited to racing. So it could be. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, the the reasoning for the title change is way above my pay grade. Exactly. You just show up and do Donald. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Now, how so how did you land Donald? Like, how did the audition come out? Like, tell us uh, sort of how you got into that.
1: Sure, sure. So as I mentioned, I moved to Los Angeles in 2014. And I, you know, had a, a an agent at the time, and she contacted me and said, Hey, you do the Donald Duck voice, right? And I'm like, what? What's <laughs> and she says, Okay, great. So she sends me an audition. And I'm looking at this audition, and I'm like, No way. Like, no, no way. Like, first of all, a legacy character, as as we call them in the business, a character that has been handed, you know, down from generation to generation, sometimes from person to person. Th- those are very rare to come by as an audition. Um, you just don't see them very often. So my first thought was, oh my gosh, I hope you know Tony Anselmo's okay because he's been the voice for for 30 years. So what they asked for in the in the specs was a uh, classic Clarence Nash sounding Donald Duck. So I did my best. I, I took a week to really research and dive into the old materials again. Because for me, it was just something that I would do at parties for friends, you know, to make their little kid laugh or, or whatever the case might be. But I never, ever imagined having an opportunity to read for Donald Duck. I, I figured, you know, because I can do buckle speech, which is what the Donald Duck sound is called, okay. I could bark like a pug. <laughs> Like, okay, wow. that's how I'll use it if I ever get the opportunity. But here we have an actual audition for the show. And so I was like, I got to do the best I can. All right, let's get it done. So I put it in. I did my audition. It uh, was probably about a month later, I got a call back. And I was shocked because me, little green uh, voice actor uh, me, you know, is is going crazy because Disney wanted me to read again Disney wanted me to read again so I was so excited just on that premise alone let alone the fact that it was Donald Duck and I'm thinking to myself there's probably thousands of people who have auditioned for this okay let's 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 do what we got to do so I continued to do my research continued to brush up and I did my audition and it was a fun audition and they had me say a bunch of different things they were like Daniel say ridiculous Okay, now say this. Now say this. And I said, "Hey guys, can I offer a suggestion?" And they said, "Yeah, sure, go ahead." And I said, "Well, what about?" Oh my god!
0: And they all like said, hired.
1: They're like, "What?" And I, and in the back of my mind, I'm like, "No way! No way! No, no, okay, no, just just continue to do your best. Right. We'll, we'll get through it." I got another call back. not 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 long after that and they said there's an extra sound that's coming out that we need you to deal with and it was true in front of the microphone which you hear everything you you hear your stomach growling you hear any clicks or pops in your mouth or whatever there was an extra like "Uh, uh, uh," there was like an exhalation that was coming out and it was impeding the sound so I had to work on that and so I you know close my nostrils. I would pull on my ears. I'd pull on wow. my cheeks. I would even pop a uh, little uh, rock salt crystals to change the alkalinity of my mouth to see if that would make any difference. And eventually I figured it out, went to my callback. Then there was another callback. I had to sing. And then I got the call that I got the job and I was, my life was immediately changed uh, for the better. It was, yeah. it was just such an incredible experience. Again, first and foremost, being a new voice actor to Los Angeles, getting his first really big job with a major company that has such incredible social implications to the fabric of our of our society. Everybody knows Donald Duck. Everybody in the world knows Donald Duck. Yeah. So so that was really incredible for me. And I'm forever grateful um, as I say to be borrowing the keys to the cabin Cruiser for as long as Disney lets me.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that story. Yeah, it's a classic example of like a favorite phrase in the entertainment business. It's like business, it's luck meets preparation. You had been preparing to be Donald since you were little with your mom and then you just happened to get that audition and it's like, doesn't matter what you've done, what you know, this is it for you. So that's exactly right. And point of fact, when I booked Lucky the Leprechaun, I immediately said I got lucky because I did. You did. You got lucky the leprechaun. That's that's great. Now, how so you talked about buckle speech, which I'd not heard the term before, um, which is what the sound Donald makes. So if you can talk a little bit about what that is, and also how do you maintain your voice like health-wise, and so you can go sit in a booth and record for hours because I, that sound, like watching you do it seems so easy, but I know if I tried, like, it must be taxing. So how do you sort of maintain a vocal health? So it's,
1: it's interesting because when we first started, um, I struggled a little bit. I struggled to keep up because there's a certain amount of dialogue that has to be said per episode. And it was, to, to put it uh, uh, in a way people will understand, it's like a muscle that hadn't been used in a while. So I really had to train, I had to exercise, I had to do vocal training every single day to to make sure that I was reaching the caliber that they were demanding of me. And because I cared so much about the role and and the character and the fans, I wanted to do the absolute best that I possibly could. So once again, I dove into the catalog uh, of old cartoons, try to look for any little isms or any little things that I could bring back to, to make the character Uh, uh, fully envisioned. Now, I had a great voice director, uh, Kelly Ward, who guided me through the process. I had really patient and, and wonderful producers who believed in my abilities. And one of the things that they had asked for was the ability to enunciate a little bit clearer as Donald for the younger Disney Junior audience. And that happened to be something that I could do. I could kind of switch between classic Clarence Nash and more of what was my own version of Donald, uh, even though it was just the slightest of tweaks so you know when i first started it was very arduous it was it was tedious and there was even an episode where my tongue swelled up and oh, i no. started to bleed a little bit uh because it was just it was too much and my my voice director says hey Daniel, do you want to do you want to take a break and i'm like no no i'm, I'm fine. fine i'm That's tired and we're gonna it and it's gonna be And I had to say, okay, I need to take a break. Um, And ultimately I had to, you know, ice my mouth for a couple of days and reflect on why that was so difficult. And really it was just because I needed to build my stamina to be able Mm -hmm. to do that up over time. And I would say probably five to six months in of, of recording episodes regularly, I was able to kind of step back. I had this interesting catharsis where, I didn't really have to try anymore. It was just Donald speaking through me. And so there was no guesswork. There was no, you know, worry if I was doing it the right way, or if it wouldn't be, you know, sound good. I, he was just speaking through me. And it was at that point, I put my hands up in the air and I said, you do you Donald Isn't that yeah. cool. And that was really special for me. That was a special moment.
0: That's cool. That's awesome. Now what's, What's the process like? So do you get a, what's sort of the timeline? You get a script, do you get some rehearsal, do you just go right into the booth? How many episodes do you record at a time? Sort of what's, how does that sort of happen? How do the shows come together?
1: It really depends on what's on the slate or what they need from you. Uh, there have been some situations where I've had four different episodes that I record at once, uh, plus pickups from prior episodes, possibly some ADR where we're, Uh, chasing the the animation on screen to match lip flaps and stuff like that. So a session can encompass any of those things in any quantity. Uh, There are some sessions where it's been one episode and then a bunch of, you know, pickups from prior episodes or just ADR or just an episode or just pickups of any combination thereof. Um, I'll typically get anywhere from like 24 to 48 hours up to a week. Uh, ahead of time where I will see my script and I'll have time to be able to go through it. I requested specifically, because it's not a voice, I'm not using my vocal cords. Okay. This is a, a trick that I'm doing to make the sound that I'd be given just a little bit extra time so that I could practice and work through it. Because again, I wanted to get into those sessions and make the most of Disney's time, do the best that I possibly could for the fans and to satisfy my own high expectations. So getting it ahead of time was always very helpful. Uh, But yeah, there's been some times where it's been very, very short notice and we just jump in and play. And that's the way it goes. But I always like to practice.
0: Yeah, I would imagine you'd want to be prepared for for Donald. It's a lot. Um, Do you have a favorite episode that you've recorded or a favorite project you've done um, with Donald?
1: So. I I think my favorite will always be the first, you know, Mickey and the Roadster Racers was very special to me. That was something that, again, changed my life for the better. And through that, I've gotten to know the fans. I've gotten to know the legacy of Walt Disney. I've gotten to see like a really intimate side of of the love of that legacy and that's something that I will never forget and I can't I can't turn back now like I've been to right. D23 oh. I've seen all the pin trading and everything else and just the the love that people have for for the characters and and again Walt's legacy is something that's really special to me so so my favorite episode is probably Donald's Garage which was in okay. the first season of Mickey and the Roadster Racers it was the first time I think that Donald had a real solo episode, so yeah. I got to really flex some comedic uh, chops and muscles, and you know, do lots of interesting and fun tantrums, you right. know, with the character. Lots of you know mumbling as he does, <laughs>
0: you
1: know, a lot of that. Yeah. So, so I, that was really enjoyable for me. And there were subsequent Donald-centric episodes that I absolutely adore, but I think that was the first one uh that I was really excited about
0: cool do you ever collaborate or i don't know if collaborate's the right word but you mentioned um tony anselmo who's voice of donald as well do you ever do you guys ever sort of keep in touch or like collaborate on the character or how, you know how do you sort of how do you sort of stay up to date with donald and make sure it's consistent with everybody you know everybody's kind of giving the same donald
1: Well, first first of all, I've never met Tony, Um, so maybe that'll change someday. I certainly hope so. Um, But no, I've I've never met him. Uh, The only thing that I really had to go on was the precedent of the character. And what's interesting, once again, about these legacy characters is there is so much material to draw from. There's almost 87 years, 87 years of material to draw from to be able to perfect the sound. And for me, it's really a collaborative experience with my voice director, the writers, the producers. You know, every generation is going to have a different take, uh, you know, uh, with the characters in terms of the writing and, you know, the, 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 their, their stories. But the essence of the character is always going to be the same. And I, I think my, my teachers beforehand, uh, both Clarence and Tony, did a great job showing me the way through their finished work. So uh, that's how we've been able to keep it consistent and uh, how we've been able to make it very subtly our own. And uh, I'm just, I'm really proud of that work.
0: Um, so can you tell us, are there other, other like games or, or shows or things where you've done Donald, where we might hear you besides the the Mickey Mouse uh, TV series we were talking about?
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's been lots of different shorts. Uh, I think I mentioned like Chippendale's Nutty Tales, yes. uh, Mickey, Mickey Mouse Hot Diggity Dog tales. Uh, There, there's other things too. I did the Disney Dance, uh, Disney Junior dance party that went on tour around the world. Uh, things like Leapfrog, you know, for kids, there's right. like uh, audio books, uh, there's mobile games, things of that nature. To be honest, there's so many things it's hard for me to keep track of sometimes. Right. Um, but that's that's the bulk of, of what I've done thus far with the character. And there's some more stuff I can't talk about just yet.
0: secrets, secrets coming. Secrets. Yes. <laughs> now, here's some sort of some facts I found about Donald Duck. Do you know what Donald's middle name is? Fauntleroy. Yes. Yes. Bontleroy. Are you a fan of DuckTales and Treasure of the Lost Lamp? Oh, absolutely! I love absolutely. that
1: movie. I loved anything having to do with Ducktales back in the day.
0: A, because
1: you know Donald Duck was one of my favorites, right? Um, and then I got to you know really love uh, the rendition of the the nephews and Uncle Scrooge and the the relationships that were behind that. I thought yeah. that was something that really stood out to me.
0: Now uh, here's another thing that I I read. So there's a sports team that uses Donald Duck. But it's not officially Donald Duck as their mascot, which I'd seen before, but I never really thought about it. And, you know, Disney and this and the team both came out and said, hey, this is not Donald Duck. It just kind of looks like Donald Duck. And it it really does look like Donald Duck. Um, That's right. That's the, you, the or- Oregon Ducks. You're, yeah. Oregon fighting ducks. And I look at it and I'm like, I mean, it looks like Donald Duck. But I, <laughs> I get where they're like, it's not, you know, so we don't have to, you know. Comply with, you know, the Disney, but it's fascinating to me that it's like, it's so close that I'm, I'm surprised we're not just, you know, Disney's like, let's partner and, and Donald Duck will be your official mascot. But I- I'm surprised he's not the mascot of more.
1: <laughs> more Donald is what I say.
0: More Donald. All right. Well, I want to give you a little time just to sort of tell us like where we can find you on social media, on the internet, where we can follow you. uh Tell us about anything you have coming up, even non Disney related, just so we can. Get a glimpse of your other work and hear your amazing voice and other projects too.
1: Yeah, thank you, Ryan. Um, well, first of all, if you are interested in following me on social media, I've made it very easy for you. You can find me using the handle actor Daniel Ross so, across all social media. Uh, please do find me on TikTok. I've got a fun TikTok that I that I keep updated. Uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, all all the all the good ones. Um, And then in terms of other projects, um, I I was most recently in uh, World of Warcraft Shadowlands as a bunch of different characters, including one called Kadarin, which was a lot of fun. Um, There's some other cool things coming up. Unfortunately, I just can't talk about. Right. Um, But I was also recently in the American dub of a Netflix show called Snabicash. i play uh i play a bad guy in that one which was a lot of fun always fun to play bad guys yeah um but yeah so that's kind of what i've been working on uh working on some production of other uh films that i'm interested in um i produced a film during the quarantine last year called the distanced uh which is available for free to view on youtube if you're interested um so yeah, that's kind of what I've been working on. And meanwhile, it's just back to the grind, back to auditions, and uh, excited for the next adventure, whatever that may be.
0: The next adventure with Donald. I know there's lots of things coming up. I saw some things coming through. him. I know you can't talk about it, but I'll be on the lookout and be sure to uh, follow yes. up with you, follow up with you and Donald, I'm and see. Yes. Thank you, Donald. Well, Daniel, I appreciate your time and coming on here and telling us your story of being Donald. You are very, very talented. Amazing that you, you know, can do that voice and grow up because it's a true talent. And I think all the fans really appreciate your dedication because just hearing you talk about it is very inspiring. The fact that you go in there and you're like, I got to get it right for the fans. It's not even about you. It's about the fans. And I respect that because you know the Disney community we do hold fast to these characters and it's like, if something's not right, you know, that, you know, the, the fans are like, Hey, and and I know that everybody loves your work as Donald. So. Um. Thank you very much.
1: Just as a button, I will say my job as Donald is not really to make him my own. It's just to continue keeping Donald the way he is and the way yes. people love him. So I appreciate the, the support of the fans this has been a, a dream come true and such an incredible journey for me. And uh, I just hope that uh, it makes people smile and makes the world just a little bit of a better place.
0: It, you definitely have, and you definitely will continue to keep doing so. I, I just know it. So thank you for sharing the stories and thank you for being here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Give us a rating. Send us an email at Disney Inside Out Podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at Disney Inside Out Podcast. And follow Daniel on social media. I'll be uh, posting and sharing things about Daniel as well, too. And we'll see you real soon, everybody.
1: Bye. Bye, Bye -bye. Bye everybody.